once once I bring out the razors, I've just got to go ahead and cut my wrists. <laughs> Can't do a half job. I hurt myself today because of Lyndon Dykes. <laughs> he is completely shy. But it doesn't matter to Tom Lee's. to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, who decided after two rodent-ruined podcasts in a row, enough is enough. With a proclamation of, to beat the mice, I must become the mice, he swiftly covered himself in fur. Apart from his beautifully groomed undercarriage that remained tidy, toned, and fragrant throughout, the code is gravyballs at manscaped.com. Transformation complete. He squeezed into the walls. Days later, he emerged, bruised, bloodied, but unbroken. Half man, half mouse. Dr. Luke Gledall, how are you doing today, Luke? Good. Um, I think it's pretty apt and it feels like um, the the regular projected transition that I have that I'd turn into Frank from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Yeah. So just see me in overweight, bald, short man, just... Uh, just greased up coming out of a, a sofa near you soon chasing your rum ham chasing my rum ham indeed yes <laughs> other than that transition i'm good i'm doing all right oh uh we should uh, do some news because there's a that's there's a rather nice bit of news thankfully for once breaking hoo-hoos so first off, just it's almost a kind of point of order bit of news. I don't know how much depth we need to go into, but uh, we we've spoken about Eric Alonso and his brief dalliance with the club previously, um, and this week he appears to have completed a purchase of Derby uh, or been at least at least been the front man uh, um, of a purchase of, of Derby. Well, any any thoughts on that, Luke? It's incredible to see a deal like that being pulled off by someone who we thought was kind of incredulous. But then if he's the front man for a consortium, then, you know, technically it doesn't matter about his other dealings. But it, it's, um, I don't know, it sounds interesting. Watch this space. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens at Derby County Football Club. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that definitely feels like it had got to the point where Morris was wanting to sell almost regardless of who. Mm. So um, I guess if you can show that you've got the the money in reserve, then that seems to be his main priority rather than any <laughs> ongoing care for, for the club. I, I don't want to cast aspersions, but, you know, when you're on like your third or fourth takeover in two years you're kind of just looking to sell you don't really seem to be too choosy about where it's going um which is i suppose understandable but um yeah it's it's really strange though to think about and to analyze and think about this because i mean effectively thinking about this uh, not that i'm hugely aware of derby county's situation but it seemed to be a long protracted 
agreed takeover to you know to some Middle Eastern oil tycoons, mm. very wealthy, and that hasn't materialized. And then, kind of in the desperation, in steps Eric Alonso from the outset. Yeah, and it's still this odd company where, like the <laughs> the only other person that's on, on paper involved is the owner of a, a sex shop and things like that isn't he it's i don't know i mean it's watch and see and to an extent i'm kind of glad that it's not us that are having to watch and see yeah um although i I don't know obviously with our desperation exactly you know we have a certain degree of desperation ourselves right so yeah there's a certain temptation to look over the fence and be like oh look at that nice green astroturf (laughs) there is definitely yeah I know that's the tricky thing. I think it'd be. I think what's to me what's going to be interesting when, when we actually get to see some detail is what's because Derby obviously did the trick with selling their ground and got away with it um, to sort of dope their financial figures and avoid a slap on the wrist. We tried the same trick and failed. Um, we ended up just showing every card to the people and saying just which one is it I, I can't i don't know what's going on with these cards <laughs> as we try, attempted to play the same trick on on the the, the the books so i think it'd be interesting you know does the purchase include that does mel morris still own that through the sort of subsidiary company that he used will he still be owed rent on that you know does that become an asset for the does it remove itself as an asset for the club forever? Mm-hmm. Um, or does it get involved in a transaction like this? Uh, so, yeah, in, it's uh, that's going to be intriguing to watch because obviously we're now in a position where some variation of Sheffield 1, 2, 3, 4 or 10 owns various bits and pieces of the what you would call the club's assets. So what that looks like carrying forward to a, a takeover of some variety or another might well give us a nod to to where our future lies or or bits of our future um the bit of good news that i mentioned was that we we had a we had a not not necessarily a midweek game but uh our last episode came out on the sunday which meant that we weren't able to talk about the game against cardiff so we have the rather rather enjoyable job of sort of looking back at that uh, fixture before we talk about this weekend's game which is the opposite of a rather enjoyable job. So I think let's pretend that we don't know what's coming <laughs> and enjoy, try and enjoy Monday for what it was without knowing that, you know, there was a great and terrible flood. Almost like, um, you know, like sunbathing. Uh, we know that you shouldn't be sunbathing in April. We know that's probably a sign of terrible things for the, you know, the 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 environment and the globe at large. But being in your back garden in your underpants, sun tanning it on on like the third of April, is quite a fun thing to be to to be happening. So just just enjoy that for what it is. Slaver on the olive oil. Get yourself a weird April tan, and uh, and that is the exact equivalent of uh, of of pumping Cardiff on a on an Easter Monday. <laughs> The, the 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 we only really made one change from the previous game, which was that Pelopesi was dropped and Liam Palmer came in, which made the back four look or the back five, sorry, look make a lot more sense. Which is it's a pleasing sort of shift to Urigide at that right sided centre back, Lee's in the middle of that, and Burner on the left with Palmer on the right um, wing back and Reach staying at left wing back. I don't know. Um, 
do you want to take the lead with this, Luke, or do you want me to go go for it? It's up to you. You go ahead, Rich. I think you've got a lot of notes on this. Okay, I got a fair amount. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, it was just a. We were bright from the off. We had two set pieces that we really gave Flint kittens at both of them, and the second one we scored from. Uh, but both of them, he completely lost his man, and his man then had a a pretty free header. Um, I think the first one didn't quite settle for for Lee's, but it was a it was an opportunity. And then the second one, Burner was just able to kind of stand in the middle of their box, look around, and, and aim his header, which was. A fantastic start and also as a Wednesday fan just immediately brings with it nerves because we've now got something to lose in the game <laughs> lots of nice play Bannon and Windas combining really well Rhodes had a had an early sort of half chance or two um, as a result of some of their play Bannon's really and it happened again today uh, and in the Watford game he's really sort of hit a rich vein of form I think he's being encouraged to play further up the field and we're reaping the rewards of that again. I th- I, it was very much the, the heart of good performances under Monk was we've got Barry Bannon, we might as well use him in the place where he's going to do the most harm to the opposition. And we're seeing a lot of these like slide rule passes and reverse passes and um, he stood out in a otherwise poor performance against Watford and this was a great performance against Cardiff and he was still head and shoulders above everybody else. He He's playing football on a pretty incredible level right now, which is, it's great to see, but it's also kind of sad that it's happening against a backdrop of a of a club that is really flailing around and, and struggling. I mean, we started the game bottom of the table, but 20th minute, we produced one of the goals of the season, maybe one of the better goals in in recent years for the club again that combination of of Windass and Bannon meant that Windass was was in a bit of space sort of partway into the the Cardiff half and picked out just an unbelievable crossfield ball to Liam Palmer it had pace it had whip and it it made Palmer attack it he had to be full pelt to to get it under control and to keep it in he pretty much had to take it hit the hit his cross at full pelt as well and it ended up being, almost being kind of a, a half volley cross and then Patterson produces a finish for the ages <laughs> a sort of Burkamp slash Van Basten-esque volley at the near post how are you feeling now Luke I mean this is 20 minutes in how, how, how what, what's What's it like in your world at this point in time? I was I was kind of distracted because I was at work that day, so I I kind of managed to catch up some stuff later, and then managed to kind of get in with the game a bit later. Okay, um, it was just astonishing. I just to see, just to see these things just kind of come out of nowhere, just completely bamboozled me. And just what? Yeah, just let alone think about you know one game where you have a goal which is just as exceptional as that but then to kind of to kind of go ahead and look forward where you have a game where you have numerous goal of the season contenders in one game yeah. was something else but i just to focus on that second goal just incredible i loved the cross from palmer just the way he kind of drilled kind of that kind of drilled kind of outside of the foot kind of kind of slightly curved cross yeah, almost kind of cutting across it, wasn't he? It was, yeah, it was mm. like a sort of bobby type strike, and it was yeah, curling, curling back in towards the goal, sort of inside out. It was yeah, it was amazing. 
And for a player like Patterson to just pull out the instinctive finish that he did, it's just it's just absolutely jaw dropping. Yeah. Like really what a definitely well, I don't know, I, I think that's it's gotta be up there for goal of the season, right? I'd definitely say that's I think it has to be goal of the season, personally. I think so. I I would tend to agree. I think I think we by and large people do get excited by long range efforts and we've maybe had a lot less of those than we normally have within a season actually but um they they tend to pick up plaudits but i think a move like that where it's it's sort of three perfectly executed bits of play it's um the difficulty level you know if you're if you're talking like a gymnastics routine or a dive or whatever at the olympics your your factor of difficulty goes up and up with each of those successive involvements in the play and and therefore i think the quality of the goal tends to go up when they're when they're executed properly um whereas one person kind of putting their head down and thumping a ball from distance looks incredible and it's it's a you know once in a season once in a lifetime sometimes for players type effort but there's the fact the lack of involvement of others sort of reduces the, the difficulty factor quite considerably um so yeah an incredible first 20 minutes and then we didn't stop. We got the third was in the twenty third minute. Windass quite a dirty foul, sort of yeah. thumped to the ground by uh, Rolls on the edge of the box. And there's quite a bit of discussion. This seems to be now a factor with our set pieces. There's some thought going into free kicks in front of the goal. Um, I don't know that that necessarily means the quality is increased by and large, but we certainly seem to reap the benefits of it in this game. So three men involved, Bannon poked it across to Windass who trapped it for reach and reach just absolutely smashed it into the top corner and did a fun sort of cheeky. Did I do that type? Um, <laughs> an Urkel-esque <laughs> celebration as he, as he chased it, as he ran to the byline to celebrate just beautiful stuff. Dreamland really. Mm. As we approached half time. Just again, just so casual, right? Like this yeah. is this is the approach. Like this is something we do every day. Yep, it isn't. No, it's not. No, I mean, or maybe that fantasy realm of just blurring the borders between the training ground and the pitch, which seems to be the case. Even it seems to be in poor, you know, Wednesday teams. There always seems to be the call of he does that on the training ground every day, and I don't, I don't doubt that's ever been yeah. the case. That's not been the case for any of these players, but when they get the chance to kind of flex flex on the big stage, it's just such a rarity. Oh, totally. Totally, yeah. Reach rolling back the years, really, to a couple of seasons ago, really, I should say. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's interesting with Reach, isn't it? Because I think he has picked up five goals this season. But I really struggle to remember any... Well, they were saying, I think it was, before that game, it was four, right? And then it took it to six, I think. Right, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it is it is definitely something to think. It's like where you know, where did his other his other goals this season come from? Maybe cup he did score in the cup, didn't he? Which may be that it counts obviously to a season tally, but it doesn't really count in terms of what's important. <laughs> scored in the two 0 win against Wickham. Okay. He did score in the cup away at Exeter, as you've put. Uh he did score in the one all draw against Blackburn. Right. And then scored in the one-all draw against Swansea. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. There we go. So 
being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, you get to half time at three nil, and you're not thinking job done. You are thinking this is now a hugely nerve wracking and important fifteen to twenty minutes <laughs> of the game to come, and Cardiff almost to the second punctuated the twentieth minute of the second half with a with a goal. There was sort of that mad scramble that somehow didn't go in it seemed like they had five or six little pokes towards the goal that somehow stayed out they then had another uh, I think it was a corner it was a set piece again uh, which Patterson nodded out to uh, to Bannon Bannon dummied with his sort of whole body uh, a Cardiff player into sort of a rainbow arc across his path. He looked up like he was going to clear the ball long, but checked inside and sent a Cardiff player literally flying through the air. And then once again, sort of looked left to the run of Windass, but checked the ball back inside to Patterson, who was on the right wing, following up his header clear. clear, um, He'd got himself into their half. (laughs) Great pace for a man who is built a, somewhat akin to a barrel. Um, he really gets up and down the pitch well, Patterson. It's got to be mm. said. He got himself to the edge of the box with the ball and doesn't just, doesn't have a shot. He doesn't hit a cross to nothing. He picks out a pass to Jordan Rhodes, who just nonchalantly passes it into the far corner. He hit it so coolly and calmly, I thought he must have missed it. I don't know if that makes sense as a sentence. But it was like... <laughs> How can you look so cool and calm whilst doing the thing that you meant to do? It's really, it was really a, a, another absolutely tremendous, tremendous goal. So, if if goal number two is is goal of the season, where it, this one can't be far behind it, surely? I yeah, I don't think it does. I'm going to be honest. It's uh, it's just fantastic, fantastic build up, fantastic break, slick on the counter attack. It's. It's 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 Wednesday playing with a purpose in a way that we've sort of been crying out for for a number of years, isn't it? This is this, that's what's so pleasing is it, it's not this isn't well obviously it's a fluke in that it it's unexpected and it doesn't happen that often, but there's a method to the way we're playing that is producing these results. Like this is a there's a thought process and it's paying dividends and. That's sort of what we've been clamouring for on and off for the whole time that Monk was in charge and and the the whole of this season through the various people in charge. What's the plan? Where do the goals come from? How are we going to make goals? And this is, you know, playing on the break and also playing, moving, switching the ball quickly is two good ways to score goals and Mm -hmm. uh, delivered with with efficiency, ruthless efficiency. And the plum. Aplomb, indeed. Um, we did have another wild goalmouth scramble for Cardiff, somehow kept out. And then um, 69th minute, Reach bursts forward from our own half, really, with the ball, uh, takes possession all the way to the edge of the, the Cardiff box, slides the ball through to Windass, who again carries it forward a little bit and then cuts it back to Reach, who... It was a little bit behind him, but he made the space for it and slotted a very solid finish into the bottom right-hand corner. And uh, 
almost a kind of solo effort, as uh, uh, I think was your kind of assessment at the time. I mean, obviously Windass played his part, and he played a huge part during the game in general, Windass. Mm. Unlucky not to get on the score sheet himself, but right at the heart of everything good that Wednesday were doing. But yeah, real pat on the back for Reach for just so calmly finishing things off for us. I just, I love the fact that this came, <clears throat> this came from a goal kick. You know, it's mm. played out to the wing. In that situation, kind of like a slightly difficult ball, Reach has a lot to do. And he just kind of does this effortless juggle over the opposing Cardiff player, runs onto it, bursts onto it, cuts inside. The Wills is oyster there, you know. Windass does that lovely kind of dropping off into space, picks up the ball, then plays it back for that finish, you know, for Reach to kind of do this kind of awkward bundled finish past the line, you know, kind of like sliding, falling to the ground, but connecting with it with his left foot. Uh, Yeah, like huge kudos to Josh Windass for his part in that. But I mean, essentially looking at this, I mean, you've just never seen such kind of swagger and confidence and ability with the ball from Adam Reach for a very, very long time. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be pretty much as close to a solo goal as you can kind of imagine really i'm gonna say just just fantastic yeah no it was it was tremendous and i mean there really wasn't much that was sort of all over by the shouting really at that at that stage i don't have any um any further notes so it's it's you know once that fifth goal went in that's when mick mccarthy thought right maybe we should make some subs <laughs> that that's when uh that's when he brought brought off uh, Johnny Williams, who he's amazingly signed for five different <laughs> clubs, and brought on Harry Wilson. And I thought, I, I thought, um, you know, having not covered himself in glory with his managerial performance, uh, McCarthy was at least a, a bit quite classy in his post-match comments, and in particular on the second goal. As much as it made me feel sick, I almost had to applaud it. <laughs> I don't know how you can look at this without any any other pretense of saying that this was just a phenomenal Sheffield Wednesday performance. You know, I like a lot of fans, I often go and kind of look and kind of traipse, sometimes traipse the opposing fans' message boards and forums to just kind of glean, you know, glean some real joy of their tears. And it's, you know, it's been an incredibly rare affair. It's not like we're a serial bully or offender in the process no. of doing this. And, uh, you know, a lot of Cardiff fans were obviously very disappointed, as you imagine they could be. But I think you really have to just, you know, doff your cap to Sheffield Wednesday. This was just incredible. I mean, to look at so many of these goals and think there's no way that we can really do much to kind of stop this being scored. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, again, what Mick McCarthy said about that second goal. He said, I don't know what we're supposed what we should do there. There's, you know, I can't point yeah. at that. No, exactly. Did X, y, and Z wrong because... That's the thing where, yeah, when it's when it's perfectly executed like that, you know, by being, you know, Mick McCarthy, classic sort of manager, you you keep your shape when you when you come to somewhere like Hillsborough, you sort of give away the width and you 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 sort of manage the middle of the park. That's a standard process. What you open yourselves up to is that switch in play. And when it's done properly, there's just no way the ball will be quicker than people if the ball is good enough. And that's what that second goal is all about. I don't know anybody else in our team really that hits the ball 
as with as much power as Windass in that situation. Bannon's got a, an absolutely beautiful left foot and does incredible things, but I don't know that he hits the ball as as hard with as much sort of weight and power as Windass in that same spot. And I don't know that the ball gets to. It's a it's a pass that forces Palmer onto the front foot in a in a really pleasing way, um, and it opens up everything. It's really unbelievable how good that that ball is. And Palmer did well to get onto it. He did well, incredibly well to control it. And his cross is just out of this world, mm-hmm. <laughs> given, given that he's at full stretch, full pelt, and probably gasping for air at that stage. It's a miracle. The It's a miracle, the real genius invention that can occur in those moments when players don't have time to think, right? Yeah, absolutely. And most players are worse with the time to think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, instinct gets gets people a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anything else from that from that game? Well, it's just it's interesting to say uh, someone was commenting on Alstock said, "Well, we refer to this as the Bannon game in a similar way that we refer to the Waddle game." Mm. You know, which is a really interesting thing to say. But I, I just want to give some huge, huge kudos to Josh Windus. Yeah who Bannon was involved in everything in the middle of the park, but very much Windass was very much involved, you know, at the, um, you know, in the final third. Everything seemed to be good. I remember there was a really great break in the first half where it kind of overlapped. Windass kind of ran onto it, and then he decided to selflessly play it across to Rhodes. Yes. And Rhodes just kind of had that moment where he just felt he just kind of wanted a bit more time on it. He didn't, he didn't really snap yeah. on it in his left foot. And that was cut out by whoever the Cardiff defender was there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and then all, and afterwards I saw that Windass made a, a joking note to say, oh, well, I should start being, maybe next time I'll be selfish then. Because, because he just, he was just <laughs> pivotal and very selfless in everything that he did for the team. And I don't know, I've been very critical of Josh Windass on a number of occasions this season, but that was just absolute fantastic. I don't think you could pick a bad, you know, everybody was great, you know, all around. It just yeah, really eights and nines across the board. But really, I think if you're looking at the higher echelon of that and looking at nines and tens, then varying shades between them, I'd say you give it to between Bannon and Windass. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Windass is almost like, you know, like in the reveal of a kind of, I don't suppose I don't know the films really do this anymore, but you know that they play certain scenes back, and then you realise that the man smoking the cigarette in it, in the trench coat was in the background of all these <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unrelated scenes. And it's like I think there's a there's a bit of that watching the highlights back. You see how often he's driven on the play, or he's dragged a man away, or he's done he's had a part to play. And even that even that goal he. I don't know what he spotted or whether it's something he remembered from notes they'd had during the week, but the, uh, the free kick, you know, that's an assist. There's assists and there's assists. And I think trapping the ball for reach to do what he did is not, <laughs> not the greatest assist there really, mm. but people do mess that up. But I do think he, you know, playing a part in the invention of that set piece is, is a big thing. I think the other thing with that, free kick goal is Palmer's run is fantastic because it drags the wall probably like 30 centimeters or so to the to the right which opens up the gap for for reach just so many lovely bits of thought and 
things worked out together. I almost, I almost worry looking at this weekend's game, which which unfortunately we will get on to. Maybe it's the flip side of that and being too, being overdrilled, overtrained, and and a bit too rigid. Because what was wonderful against Cardiff is it felt inventive and and light and like people would there was ideas and there was a kind of zing to things. And but when it becomes too rote, that it's like oh it's a set piece we do X Y Z. Oh it's this we do X Y Z. That is where it gets can quite quickly become stale and and not work. You want if you're going to be inventive, you've got to you can't do the same inventive thing again and again and again. You've got to be inventive next time and the inventive has to be different than the previous time because inventive once gets quite easy to you're like okay he always does that when he's in this situation or they always do that so i don't know it's um it's hard to it's hard to marry up <laughs> the two performances i almost feel like watford and cardiff do work as a pair in a way because we talked about how there were positives from that and there were there were there were chances and then cardiff is that performance going well against a team that's not as good as watford i don't know what this game against qpr was about really in total you know in in in, uh, in total but should we should we should we eat the frog bite the bullet etc etc and move on to the qpr game sure let's do it <laughs> <laughs> We named the same team, so we're going to get the same performance. Obviously, yeah. Obviously. And there's no um, no disrespect intended here, or this is a genuine question. Was this, were we doing like a longer, was it like 99 second silence or something? It felt like the longest minute silence ever today. Well, I mean, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, you know, when a member of royalty dies, I mean, do you need to turn off? Do you need to do such a a lengthy silence? Do you need to kind of silence? Um, do you need to do like what is what is? The I just standard? answered my own question. It was a two minute silence. A two minute silence. I mean, we're all upset that DMX died. Let's be honest. Well, ex- but, maybe that's a minute each. One for Pip. One for DMX. I think so. I, I yeah I just like I didn't pick up that it was two minutes and then I was my mind started to want I was very reverently observing and then my mind started to go this is long is this is definitely a minute this is a long long time but uh, two minutes explains it if it, it if it was <laughs> if it was two minutes then it, it is the longest minute silence um, because it, it's double that length anyway sorry that is a that is by the by well and truly. A um, couple of things ticked off. This was Reach's 200th start for Wednesday, apparently, and Barry Bannon's 53rd championship start in a row. Wow. That's a big start. Pretty, that's pretty incredible stuff. Mm. I was coming into this and wondering as well from the off. I'm just going to say, I, I, was, like, I wonder if Mark Warburton will learn his lesson from last year. In brackets, I, put, I hope not. Yes. I'm hoping that he's a comic sitcom protagonist buffoon and doesn't learn his lesson. Hilarious outing. <laughs> I was I was similarly sort of hoping the same thing, and I thought they they did keep a quite high line at times, uh, which is what we continually caught them out with last time um, or last season. And I I thought I'm just trying to see when this happened. 
I thought Palmer was maybe onside when in the twelfth minute when Ro, when um, when Hodge yes. played that ball into him. Yep. I thought looking when they went to show they they didn't mm-hmm. really spend much time thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I I do like Danny Gabadon, but I think when it comes to QPR. He is not a um, an unbiased observer. I think we were getting a lot sure, of sure. QPR friendly chat from from Mister Gabadon today. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that in particular sort of annoyed me because I thought it looked like Palmer was very very close to onside, if not onside, and that would have been a great. I mean, you've got to assume Rhodes scores that. He's got the ball pretty much on the penalty spot with nobody between him and the goal. That would have been a that would have been a goal. It would have been a howler from the goalkeeper, but it would have been a goal. We we uh, I, I mean, in terms of the start, <laughs> it was a little bit ominous. The seven minutes in, uh, we had a couple of scary moments where um, Dyke sort of controlled in the box, mm. and um, I think both wide men kind of had an effort. The first one came from Willock and Wildsmith did his usual and kept it, did his sort of... Um, his volleyball deep slice. His volleyball deep slice. Because you've got to keep that ball alive. That's what the main thing in goal is keep that ball alive, keep it in play, keep it bouncing around the box. It's like improv, isn't it? It's like improv. Just keep it going. Yes, and. Yes, and yes, here's and. another chance for you. Yes, and here's another chance. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, So then they had an effort that... Uh, that sort of was pushed onto the bar and then the ref kind of blew up for a foul that I didn't really see, but I was quite pleased that he'd seen. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's, that was in my notes. I mean, like from a really uncomfortable handling of the ball into the box, that was the very beginning of that. Yeah. And then obviously that ended up with, you said that was, uh, that was Willock who, uh, who had that one that uh, Wildsmith kind of butterfingered yeah. into the air. Like a comedy hot pie or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just deeply worrying from that point. I mean, I, I, I could sense that this was probably going to be a game where the ball is kind of slick and going to both ends in a kind of counter attacking. I don't think I expected us to be quite on the bad end of that as much as it happened. Like I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. No, I, I know uh, it's. Um, I know that energy is, you know, is a finite resource uh, mm. in in the game of football. You know, where you spend your energy, how you spend your energy is is almost that's that. You know, it's the main job of a manager is kind of parceling out <laughs> the bursts of energy that you use and where to use them. But <laughs> you know, there's we and we've been guilty of being too way too much like just charging around like idiots wasting what little energy we have um on chase on on sort of pressing a ball um but today was just i just it's inexplicable how little pressure we were putting on the ball when they were when they were control, you know in control of it i've i've seen teams give a, give away a half you know let them kick it around their box for as as much as they mm. like we'll we'll deal with the long ball when it comes you see teams give two thirds, you know, or they'll get to here and then we'll stop them. But outside of being three or four nil up or being, you know, leading and trying to cling on, it's really rare to see a team 
just purely defend the edge of their penalty box like we were doing today. And it's just such a bizarre decision. And like Warburton in previous games, the, the fact that it kept we kept getting punished for it and never changed was maddening. It was really mad to watch. And I don't know, I mean, I, I don't want to blame it on this, but it was notable. I didn't see anybody on the phone to uh, to Big Darren today. And I don't know whether he's found something else to do. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether like he'd watched the Watford game and then he's like, honestly, you, you guys did all right on the Monday. It's not my sort of thing, really, this. I'll leave you to it. Mm. I'm going to be mowing the grass. It just, I don't know. It just felt like who's in charge and who's giving the instructions where we are just repeatedly doing, we're like Sideshow Bob with the um, the rakes, just walking into one rake that smashes in, <laughs> smashes in the face after another. <laughs> Early doors, we had a, had a decent looking chance, which is, you know, reach sort of volleyed across in that bounced out to Bannon. This is sort of yes. eight minute mark. Yeah. Bannon played a really good cross into the middle of the box uh, or the middle of the six yard box. We had two players unmarked there, apart from they marked each other out of the game. Um, Patterson and Rose got in each other's way and didn't manage to test the keeper. Um, we then had that moment where, Ro- where um, Rose was played in by Palmer, but it was judged to be offside. And I, I've got to say, I thought first half hour or so, it was knockabout. It was we maybe weren't we weren't in the ascendancy, but we were all right, and they were all right. But I thought we were slightly the better team for that first twenty five minutes or so. But unfortunately, out of nowhere, we conceded the goal on the twenty seventh minute. We are sat so deep. When you watch back the replay, it's ludicrous how deep we are. We're all on the edge of our box, even though they mm. are. They're barely in our half at this point, but the whole defence is lined up. All five of them are lined up across the back of uh, across the, the the edge of our box, including. To to be fair to Palmer, another angle shows that he was he was marking their wing back. But it, I'm just watching it and thinking like there's there's enough men here to put some pressure on the ball, and nobody was doing it. Urugide wasn't putting any pressure on the ball. He wasn't marking anyone, but he also wasn't pressing. Palmer was marking somebody, but again, between the two of them, one of them could have sort of shouted, "You go, you know, you go press. I'll, I'll, uh, I've got this. I've got the man." But just no pressure at all on Barbe, who just sort of sauntered ten, fifteen yards into our our half, picked out a deep cross. It wasn't a great cross. It was to the edge of the box. It wasn't like to the penalty spot or. I, I, I thought it was a good cross. cross. Like I'm going to be honest, I thought it was, was a good cross. Well, it was good. I mean, it was it was good and it worked. So, you know, it's a better cross than any cross we did by and large. Because if it works, then it's a good cross. So, but I, what mm. I mean is, it's not it's not one that it's not one that should bamboozle the centre backs. Is that what you're saying? It it should be easily dealt with. Yes, by exactly. Backs. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Was it was it um, who was it Swansea that we played where they played that sort of deep cross right onto the head of their player, and it was just basically the head of their player in the six yard box. And it's like there's really nothing you can do. Like if you're the defender, you can try and foul him or or move him 
without giving away a foul, but there's nothing like legally you can do to really stop him getting the header. It's just like it wasn't one of those. It wasn't a given. It's a good cross. I, 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 to, I'm, I'm being, yeah, I'm, I'm not giving it the credit it's due because it's a good deep cross. It's a good angle. Clearly, this is the way QPR play. This is, you know, both of them were able, Dicky on the other side, if that's his name. <laughs> I've said that really confidently. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> Dicky on the other side, same sort of thing. Look, you know, he played similar sort of passes. This is a way that they play. Uh, there's a comfort to it. But a well-marked striker shouldn't be getting the ball and certainly shouldn't be scoring from that situation. But there's almost no challenge at all mm. on, on Dykes. I think Tom it's Lee interesting. I seem to just look at him. Yeah. Well, I I felt this is one of the ones that I... This was the... This was one of the goals I felt like I'd forgive. Because I, I thought it was a okay. really cross. It's Barbe again. Barbe's doing this again. Barbe's somehow a centre-back who somehow seems to have a really decent cross of the ball. Way better mm. than any centre-back I've seen play for Sheffield Wednesday. I yes. Mean, to be honest, we can talk about... I mean, some of the positives today, I'm going to say, you know, Palmer, I thought was really good. And Palmer was looking really excellent going forward. But I mean, outside of that from defenders, I don't think there was a great deal from us that would ever... Werner tried getting forward. Sure, but not really anything great that could do that kind of quality. And we've seen Barbe, Barbe provided the assist for... Because we, we drew 1-1 with them at home, didn't we? We did. And they got a, yeah. goal, the goal, a goal right at the death of the game. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of that was almost almost impossible to do anything about. Yeah, I think it could well be. Um, but I, I thought that was good. I thought it was a really balletic header from Dykes. So I, thought was, <laughs> I thought there were some questions over Lees and Burner, but I mean, it just felt so impromptu that I didn't expect a cross to come in. I agree with you that there's no pressure being given in the middle of the park. Um, I don't know who would be, you know, should be there. I don't know. Would you say the the problem lies with Palmer in that situation, or would you say that's more of that the characters in the middle of the park? I I don't know what the I just don't know what the plan was defensively today. There was no I did, I kept looking. I don't blame him for any of this. I don't think directly, but I kept looking at Sam Hutchinson and just thinking what. Mm. What are we? What are you adding? Well, that's an interesting one because I felt like for the more offensive part of his game, I quite enjoyed Sam Hutchinson today. In fact, I thought he was pretty good in that aspect. But you know, I was chatting with my eldest brother Andy, who was watching the game because you know it was picked for you know Sky. It was available for yeah. Sky coverage, right? This game. Yeah. And um, you know, he said, you know, it's you know, it's like he said Hutchinson's can be a decent DM, and I'm like, well, that's not. I'm like, I've seen a lot more Wednesday than you have this season, Andy, unfortunately. You know, so I can kind of offer a lot of evidence that goes against that. So I I can kind of see and kind of feel that. But I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of personnel in the middle of the park who don't do particularly much defensive-wise, right? Well, I'm looking... So I'm looking at that now. So that ball breaks to to Barbe. Or play. it's played to Barbe. Johansson plays it into Barbe. Johansson's been... Uh, Johansson's being marked by Patterson. Cherry is being marked by Urigide. So Urigide goes back with Cherry. Patterson kind of then covers Cherry. And but it's just I just don't know what Hutch is adding by just standing in front of the I know this being a shield, 
But I think we want something more active from a shield than just standing. But he's almost he... like a third, an, another centre-back that never gets involved in being a centre-back. But does he even do that, though, Rich? Like, I mean, you're saying he's being a shield. Like, I can never no, remember him around. Anything. Well, I can never remember him around that part, part of the park. I don't remember where I remember him. I remember him being involved in some stuff today and looking quite comfortable, quite comfortable on the ball, and he moved some stuff around. And, I mean, he had a good game on Monday as well. You know, as did everyone. But I, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. I don't know what he does. I, but but again, it's kind of coming back to the situation with Hutchinson. I'd rather see him felt he's been largely his best in the middle of a free or part of a free at the back. However, that kind of works out, kind of equation wise, and who's in what position. But that's the best we've seen from him because again, that expectation is he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of legs, does he? No. It's remarkably similar to the goal we conceded at Hillsborough. Really? It's like, if you laid them on top of each other, right. they are practically the same goal. But I mean, there's two things there. I mean, there's, the, you know, in the breakdown of this, you know, Barbie has played the ball, fair enough. But then the first part, I think, is the one that's probably the most difficult to say is that, you know, there's no pressure on him. He has all the time. He pulls out a cross, which I think is decent. It's a good cross. I, I, I think seeing it back, it's really good. I don't think you're ever going to expect a player, a striker, to pull off what Landon Dykes did. See, well, that... I think that's quite an achievement to get a header like that in that situation, personally. But he should, he's not being marked by either of them. The, the failure is before the ball comes in. The failure is before the ball comes in. It. I will agree with that. Burner and Lees have lost Dykes. And he is six foot three and blonde. They should not be losing him. He stands out <laughs> like a sore thumb. In fact, in America, they call blunt-headed children toe-headed children. So, you know, he's a toe-headed, stands out like a sore toe-head. Um, they, they, communication, proper defending, proper marking. I think Dykes does incredibly well. I do think you can point a finger to say, it's got. He's got to be Burner's man, or he's got to be Tom Lee's man. Somebody should be challenging him for that ball. And if you challenge for it, it's much easier to defend than to do what Lyndon Dykes did with it. It's a great header that Lyndon Dykes produces, but he's completely unencumbered by any attention from a Sheffield Wednesday player. I agree, but I, I think it's just too impromptu for for that kind of situation for any kind of marking. What's so the I'd... point in having three defenders though if you're not going to? mark the one striker that you've got to mark sure it's sure. it's typical i mean good center good, good center forward play should a lone front man can and should okay i would maybe argue make a bit of a mockery of a three at the back fletcher was very very good against threes because there is nobody with one single responsibility so nor if if there was two they'd probably have one each and then you've got a spare man with one it feels they don't. You don't tend to dedicate one man to just marking that man. Maybe we should have. Maybe it should have just been Tom Lee's job to follow Lyndon Dykes around with the other two to to deal with whatever else comes. But yeah, I know. I'm. I, I don't. I'm not taking anything away from. I think the fact that that was a very well executed. It's a great cross. It's a great header. I think s- separate and alongside that, I I can be disappointed with a failure to mark him. And I, I also think Wildsmith's very badly positioned. It, maybe he, maybe it's impossible to save even if he's in a good position. But again, 
I don't want a goalkeeper to be surprised, but the ball has come at a distance. You should be ready for things to happen. But I'm not blaming them. They're not the they're not the reason. It, Wild Smith is not the reason the goal happened. No, no. But it's a it's once again we're in a position with Wild Smith that it's hard to shake the feeling that a good goalkeeper wouldn't have done a bit better. There's a big question over Wild Smith for this entirety of this game. Oh like, yes, because um, well, we can get onto it. There's another goal which made me made me initially think that this is this is Joe Wildsmith, you know, showing showing where he is as a goalkeeper and where his standards and where his qualities lie, and probably sharing his position that he will probably be dropped for Westwood. If Westwood is fit, I don't know. I thought I thought there was a mentality that we were sticking with Wildsmith right now. I was gathering that from the kind of press conferences, but oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I sort of assumed it was just you've not done anything particularly wrong. So, we well, that's what I was it. thinking. Sorry, yeah. So, sorry. Well, I think we're we're arguing, but we're saying the same thing. <laughs> um, no, no like, Luke, the sky is blue. The sky is blue. I'm telling you, Rich, it's blue. <laughs> but if you actually take a look, it's actually blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's a shame that every handover of goalkeeping duties seems to come after an embarrassing sort of ignominy. Like, why do we have yeah. to get thumped for nil and then hand things up? I don't know why that seems to be the way of things, but yeah. it just felt like, yeah, after about three goals, Wildsmith was almost like, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh. Yeah, and I, I think Wildsmith is, obviously, as we've said, is a much better option than Dawson. And if you've got I, Westwood, who still, you know, can do a certain degree of gameage for a championship club, but it's looking like... It's looking like half a season he's fit for, you know? If if that, yeah. But the, the frustrating thing again, though, from Wildsmith, I mean, maybe he was a little bit lucky to keep a clean sheet, but you've kept a clean sheet against Cardiff. And I thought, distribution-wise, maybe mm-hmm. his best game ever in a Wednesday mm-hmm. stream. Mm-hmm. Like, he was yeah. not, not just not messing up. He was legitimately playing a part in some of our moves forward making good decisions, executing well. We're doing this new thing where we're kind of like passing it to Uruguide and or kicking it. I mean, it's a long pass, but we're kicking it out to Uruguide in our half to flick on. And that seems to be quite effective. We've done that a few times. So that is all good stuff. And I don't know that Westwood is as good at distribution with his feet in that situation, but I feel like he would have done better for most of these goals. If he's anywhere near fit, yeah, no, I I'd agree, and I don't know, maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll see him next game or we won't see him next game, mm. you know. But that's that's the general question, that's the general riddle of Kieran Westwood. It is. Is, is he going to turn up? Not not due to any sense of performance. Like, is he going to turn up because he's fit enough? Yeah. yeah. Is well, he going to turn up and then say he's fit, and then he picks up an injury? <laughs> Yeah, or he doesn't fancy yeah. it in the warm up, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that happens too 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 often. And mm. um, I mean, it's got to be noted before the <laughs> the sort of moment of uh, we were sort of in the eye of the storm where we thought things might calm down and look good again. The eye um, of Sauron. 
<laughs> but at the 30th minute, this now seems a hopelessly optimistic note that I made. Is this some bottle I see before me? <laughs> <laughs> Flicks a little cross to Windass, and Windass takes all that frustration of not scoring against Cardiff out on uh, slotting it into the bottom corner. It was a really good goal. Well made, looked effortless, finished really well. You would say, alas, poor 1-0 deficit, I knew ye well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but then we had some misses from Rhodes in that second house, half that were making me say, out, damn Scott, out. <laughs> Uh, and I thought we ended the half on a bit of a, you know, an upward trend. We we had a, it was it didn't trouble the keeper too much, but again, it was nice bits of play between Ban and Reach and Windass that combination. Mm. I mean, you were wondering about the time of year, Rich, but you were saying now is the winter of our discontents, made curious by the son of Dean. <laughs> it was a great equaliser, I do want to say. Was a great equaliser. I love I mean, Bannon kind of feeding it down the line and Reach again, showing this impromptu juggling, dribbling skills. Mm. He could uh, he could do a YouTube on it, couldn't he? He could do a masterclass on that very specific small thing that he's done. <laughs> that he's done twice and mo- like that monumentally. <laughs> do, you we- do you weirdly? F- I-, I sort of strangely feel like. <laughs> I sort of strangely feel like Bannon, maybe Reach, mm. and maybe Windass, and, and Palmer, I'd say. I think they all played almost as well as they did against Cardiff. Yes, I'd definitely say for Reach as well. I thought Reach was Reach was really good today. I just say. dangerous all the time. Palmer was fantastic today. Who is, Palmer played some great crosses in Who today. is the, you know, what did, what did I put it? I'm just going to say Palmer <laughs> in good going forward shocker. That was fun for this one. Like, he just looked fantastic going forward. Like, getting in the right positions, playing exactly the right crosses you want them to. That was disappointing today, because I think we I think we did put some decent crosses in. Like, um, did you notice on the 15th minute mark, actually, to just kind of hop back in time a little bit here? Oh, yeah. Scintillating crossfield ball from Bannon, and then that led into a great cross by Palmer. And the QPR yeah. keeper came out to palm it away really unconvincingly. But he just took it off. He took it off the path just behind. Rhodes was, I think, was in position. Yeah. There, so I think that took it out. I don't think it was going to get to Rhodes, but he kind of diverted it from maybe going more within that kind of the body ball the space. The realm. The realm of Rhodes. The realm of Rhodes. <laughs> but when he palmed it back, it kind of just went just a touch back behind Reach. Yes, it kind of bounced off. It reaches hip, but pretty Yeah, and he just couldn't quite get his body back to kind of controlling, you know. Yeah, and that just felt like such. There's so there were a number of those today, like I, decent I think there was crosses. A really good cross from from Palmer that I'd, I hadn't noted down, and that was the one. It was it was inch perfect from Palmer. It was sort of whipped in. It was in that famous corridor of uncertainty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the goal mouth taint. Um. 
<laughs> which is kept lovingly clean and shaved thanks to uh, some of the great products from manscaped.com. If you use promo code GRAVYBALLS today for 20% off and free shipping. Hey everyone, Luke Gravy here, and I'm sorry to interrupt another fascinating and four episode on another Sheffield Wednesday capitulation, but I want to plug our amazing sponsors, Manscaped. Manscaped are true pioneers in men's below-the-waist grooming, and their cutting-edge men's grooming technology will make sure you won't have any unfortunate nicks when trimming your nether regions. That's why we're delighted to be associated with the men's grooving revolution caused by Manscaped. They have so many great products, but I'm absolutely made of the perfect package 3.0, which contains, amongst the many things, the lawnmower 3.0. This is skin-safe technology to ensure maximum safety, and it even has a cool blue light so you can see exactly how great the work it does. You can use it in the shower as it's waterproof, and even last 90 minutes thanks to the excellent battery. Afterwards, you can use a ball toner and ball deodorants, and they will make sure you're feeling clean and confident. And smell amazing too. I want you to feel the same confidence that I have from using Manscaped products, and how I take that confidence into this podcast, into depicting just how bad Joey Pelopesi is, or having a full-blooded and hearty sigh of my beloved Sheffield Wednesday letting me down again. If you use the special promo code GRAVYBALLS today, then not only you'll be supporting this podcast, but you'll score yourself a sweet 20% off and free shipping. That's www.manscaped.com and use the promo code GRAVYBALLS today. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. <laughs> Anything else in that half? Um, I just, uh, silly, silly notes just want to make here as well. Uh, more still in isolation, I said, which I, I, you know, was definitely the case, but never getting it. I said more in isolation would be a good character piece. I'd like to mm-hmm. see that one man play. About, yes. About what Darren Moore, Morrow does. Uh, oh, that would be good. Living on his, I don't know if he's separating himself from his family or wherever he, wherever his living arrangements are. You know, imagine Samuel Beckett knocking that one out. <laughs> Lovely. Um, <laughs> really good. Oh, there was a good... <laughs> this was a fun reference. I was chatting with uh, my friend Joe, um, who's very come deep in the clutches of Wednesdayism to, uh, you know, to really focus on, you know, can we pull off the great escape? Oh, um, yes. Anyway, so he was, he was doing... Doing a dodgy stream, and which made me label him the boy with the Arab stream. <laughs> which he noted, he said, he switched to Sky Stream, it seems. Arab broadcast went to some Indian guarding show before cutting out. <laughs> so that's one of Luke's uh, indie, indie football references for this game. The other one is, I said, Landon Dex is, um, he's proved to be as good as the Blur song about him. You know that Blur song, you know, London Dykes works in civil service. <laughs> you know, London Dykes, he's a, golf, he's a golfing fanatic, but his putt is erratic. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> but it, alas, as the character Tracy Jacks in the Blur song, which I'm making a reference to, has a breakdown in the middle of it. London Dykes' breakdown was uh, breaking Sheffield Wednesday down. Wasn't it really? Mm. I did make that note about Barbe doing the cross again, and then at one point he ballooned it out of play near the death. I thought that was a close offside on the forty-one minute mark on Elias' chair. Yes. So maybe I said that probably repays the Palmer and Rhodes offside. Maybe 
I thought that looked more off to me than Palmer, but yeah. It was close, I'm going to say. Hard to tell. I think both of them were what pretty we close. What we need is to spend 20 minutes looking at some different coloured lines, and then we'd really know <laughs> about these other sides. Who was the, who was the QPR goalkeeper today? Dieng is his name? I don't, I'm not familiar okay. with him. I don't really know much about him at all. I want to bring up uh, Flash Goals having a real moment for me today. So it's just. Senny Timothy. Yeah, Flash Goals has been rubbish for me today. Oh, he's Senegalese. Senny Timothy Dieng. 26 years old. So, because I mean, we had a couple of moments, like really at the beginning of that, there was. They had a really shoddy back pass that was lumped out for a throw in on the two minute mark, which I made the note, you know, I'm, I'm actively cheering on their howlers. <laughs> in much way of looking at the, uh, you know, Mark Warburton being kind of Mister Beanian, I'm going to say for this. Uh... Well, I thought, I thought they looked, <laughs> they looked prone to error at the back, particularly. I know, I know. Particularly um, Weiss or whatever he's called, the big lump. I just thought any time we put pressure on him, he looked, he's having kittens, and he's got like. Um, I mean, a Maguire-esque, uh, maybe a, a turning circle that would put Maguire to shame. I mean, it took six <laughs> or seven touches for him to turn around at one point. Do you think he gets stuck, gonna... in, stuck in the Suez Canal, Rich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> needed, needed the world's tiniest little um, earth mover and a, and a series of tugboats to get him out. <laughs> To produce a back pass. Give a satisfying, grateful when he gets uh, dislodged. <laughs> but they had a moment on the four, we had a full moment on the 42nd where there was a corner. So we put it into that spot. And I don't know if it was Rice or who else it was, but it was them kind of one on one with their goalkeeper and then, like, you know, put it out for a corner. And annoyingly, we mm. didn't get anything from that corner. Yes, yeah, that's the sort of thing that we normally get punished for, isn't it? It was a complete miscommunication between goalie and defender, and Rhodes was nearby, but he wasn't in any way involved. Yeah. <laughs> the bystander in the box. On the that. 44th minute mark, I thought there was a good fashion chance they got to win this, which he had a shot at the keeper. Um, in the build-up, I loved how it came from an intercepted foot from Bannon. That was fantastic. Yeah. It kind of came, so he just kind of nudged it. He just kind of nudged it past his man. And then that kind of led to the, you know, the onrushing Adam Reach, you know, the drib- dribbling express that is now Adam Reach that we're seeing in, in the death of his Sheffield Wednesday career. So, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's interesting to say that, like, we didn't. Yeah, they looked prone to error, but the the press just didn't have enough conviction. We never really did it. Well, I thought we did it a bit, but it was a bit not in a not in a sort of committed, consistent way. No. It was like one player going and having a try. Yeah, it's that kind of. Do you think it's that that token thing where the goalkeeper has the ball passed back to him? He's got plenty of space, and then like, you know, the opposing striker runs on and then kind of jumps backwards to try and yeah, that sort of thing. Somehow, block it in some. You know, in some bizarre world. It was a bit like that, I guess. But it just, yeah, it's disappointing because I felt like, like I said, there could have been, it looked like there was going to be a lot of action end-to-end in this one. And it felt like it would have been something that we really could have capitalized on and really put some pressure on QPR. But it, it, the perf- 
it's interesting to say, as you say, like, you know, you said, what do you say, Reach, Bannon, Windass, and mm. Palmer, yeah, definitely played as well as Monday. But there was something a bit lacking. Yeah, totally. We had, we had twice as many shots as them. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you like me as just as a kind of random throwaway comment? Would you love to know what these alternative dressing rooms look like at stadiums? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, how does that work? Because it's like, it's not like you just have like a separate bunch of changing rooms that are unused, right? In stadiums? <laughs> stadiums aren't, I mean, they have a lot of space in them, but they're not blessed with like, oh, we've got a whole. Lots of spare rooms. They're, they're, it's pretty. <laughs> Utilize space, isn't it? We've got a series of catacombs underneath Loftus Road, you know. Maybe it's just like one of the bars in the stand or something. It could be. Maybe that explains some of the away performances. (laughs) Patterson's half cut on Carling before he comes out for the second (laughs) round. Honestly, mate, honestly, mate, I actually played better after a couple of drinks. You may be surprised, but I am actually. I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like pool. You ever play pool? You pool. Right. Sober at pool. Everybody's bad at pool sober. But have a couple of drinks. Hit that sweet spot. That's just what I'm aiming for. <laughs> oh. Do you think Patterson's uh, lamenting that some of his performances uh, weren't weren't as good because he has to drink Carling and not uh, some pish like uh, McEwen's Lager. <laughs> I tell you, I some super heavy. Then you'd see a man of the match performance. <laughs> That's when the hat tricks start, is when I get on the super heavy. <laughs> I love how your impression of Patterson's like, like a drunken Scottish Marky Smith. <laughs> I'm just imagining him, yeah. Buckfast, Buckfast in hand. That's a Buckfast. Ah. <laughs> As you made by the monks, you know, so it's, I'm getting a wee bit of help from him upstairs. <laughs> <sighs> and, and scene. And let's call, let's call an end to any jovial nature. All good times must end, and the yes. time of that good time is basically when we started the second half. Again, a ludicrously hopeful first note for the second half. Second half starts with a good spell of possession, and maybe even some pressure on the ball in their half. <laughs> I that's wow. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I I noticed that QPR came out because I think they had an attack from the off. I think. <laughs> Well, I mean that. Yeah, at most that lasted five minutes because they did score in the fiftieth. <laughs> yeah, forty-nine fiftieth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've said, yeah, fifty minutes out of possession again, way too passive. Three or four passes in front of our area with no no real pressing, and Johansson sits, hits a shot. Urugide blocks. Wildsmith flaps two-one. Um, this is where, what, if you watch this clip mm. back, and just this is where I'm saying, what what is Sam Hutchinson for? What's he bringing to the table? Because all he does is sort of follow the ball around about six feet away from it. He doesn't p- 
push onto the man. He doesn't block a shot or a cross or a pass. He has no positive influence on the play whatsoever. I just don't know what... Does does it make you want to go, Hutch, huh, what is he good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Say it again, (laughs) y'all. Exactly. I don't want this Good God. Because it means passive defending, (laughs) even when he's a spare man. (laughs) But there's enough men... We like there's enough people stood back from the ball holding their positions. We don't need another person doing that. Maybe it's, I mean it might be unfair to Hutch. Maybe it's what he's told to do. But I don't understand. I feel like Joey Pelopesi would have been chasing the ball in that situation because that's your space, surely. Mm. <laughs> you know, in between the goalposts, out in front of our area, that's your D. That's the spot you mark as a D, as a defensive midfielder, isn't it? That's what you're there to do. But we have to play Hutchinson, Rich. I mean, oh, I know. how else will we satisfy that clause in his contract? That means he has to play every single game. <laughs> he has to get another juicy, juicy contract and then be injured for two years. Maybe we should spend the money to set up a dummy game of Sheffield Wednesday football. You know, happening <laughs> at the same time, and we just somehow just put a cloth bag over Hutchinson's head and then just. Get him off a team bus and put him on a separate team bus. <laughs> Take him somewhere else. Um, yeah. Enough of a distance so he can't get back to the actual game of football that we're playing <laughs> by the time which he realises what's going on. Uh, it almost worked with that whole, you know, when we took Atti over to Greece as well to make him think it was he was playing for Sheffield Wednesday still. <laughs> Um, I'd like to laugh. So, at, I'd like to laugh at that joke, but it kind of hurts. I know. Oh, Dave. I want Dave back. Oh, cue, cue the meme of feel like shit. Just want Dave back. Oh. So that was a really, really awful goal to concede. So my first point that I wanted to say from early on in this podcast was this was the one where initially I thought it was a big clanger from Wildsmith. I mean, doesn't still doesn't look good, but I've got to say, what the hell was Urahide doing? I think he's trying to block it legitimately. It looks like he's scored a peach of an own goal. And I know that's interesting. It's interesting though. I mean, Gabadon's a, a right back, a centre back, come right back in his career, playing career. And he said about Urigide, he said he's got to, he's got to try there because if he leaves it and it goes in the bottom corner, then everybody says, why didn't he try and block it? So right, but I, I, but I think it, Wildsmith had it. I think for all the kittens we talked about Wildsmith giving us and, you know, how much we've slagged him off on this podcast, I think he's definitely got it in that situation. Just looking in that... um... Because if you see the highlight where it's directly faced on... Oh, I don't... uh, Yes, Urugi... So, but maybe it curls in, maybe it doesn't. Maybe Wildsmith's got it, maybe he doesn't. Uh, He definitely makes life much more difficult for Wildsmith. I do think... Wildsmith is too narrow in his stance. It's again, it's, I, it, he's not to blame for the goal. Like there should be pressure. The shot shouldn't happen. Jurgen Klopp talks about those sort of blocks and saying like, well, if you're doing the block properly, it doesn't go to the goal, you know? So it's not a great block. One, you know, regardless of whether it turns it from a, a miss into a goal or from a, an easy save into a goal, it's a bad block. But I sort of feel like he has to try 
But it's Wildsmith. Surely part of your job as a goalkeeper is like, this is coming through bodies. I've got to keep myself kind of, I've got to weigh up all the possibilities, all the probabilities here. And there was a lot of bodies. Like it could easily have taken a touch off lots of people, but he's already made himself very small to almost, he's almost getting ready to do his scoop, his, um, his beach volleyball scoop again. Mm. He's in position. I don't know. It's, the the errors that lead to the goal are before the shot gets hit. Really, I think um, that I'm I'm struggling to blame anyone in particular. We're really divided I, in our uh, attribution of blame. Yeah, yeah, this, it's, this good. Episode. it's good. Conflict. It's good. It's what we thrive on. It's taken us ninety episodes to get it, here. I mean, to be fair, Wild Smith gets a whole hand on it. Still, mm. it's within his grasp. I can give that. I just, I still. Again, it's but I, I suppose it again comes down to Wildsmith is a bad goalkeeper. If he was a good goalkeeper, maybe he saves it because good goalkeepers react to those odd things that happen, and you go, "How on earth did they manage to react to that in time?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas when you're a rubbish, well, he's not a rubbish goalkeeper, but he's just not a very good goalkeeper. When you're a so-so goalkeeper, those things go in, and then you go, "Why did you edit? Or what was I supposed to do?" Which is what you saw him say. Um, <laughs> I, but I think yeah. you need. I think we need a lot more conviction from Urahide. Like I, I tend to agree, and because I, I mean, Urahide. Also, is, argue that Urahide is one of the guys that should have been part of the closing down. Hmm. He's dropped the furthest back. But I think if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna go and get ahead to it, you've got to make a better purchase on it. Like I don't know what he was. I don't know what he was thinking if he was thinking. I mean, maybe this is unfortunately coming to the realm of we talked about amazing attacking play that's been instinctual. I think you're being if you're giving if you're giving Wildsmith the benefit that the deflection is so outlandish he couldn't possibly react to it. Urugide is much, much closer to the ball being struck and it's going much faster. He's just trying to put something on it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's against our human nature to put our head in the way of a rapidly oncoming projectile so going that quickly though it's he's hit it decently i don't think he did though i'm watching it back he hit it all right it felt (laughs) felt a very it felt a very artistic curl which i thought was going onto the post (laughs) or even wide like i don't think it was going on target until irahide gave it a little kiss onto uh kiss past wildsmith yeah, we don't know because it, it did look like it was curling. It might have curled in. It might Wildsmith might have looked like an idiot either way if it had curled late or something. But, well, that's not beyond him, is it? I'm not. I'm not arguing that it wasn't a great block. <laughs> no, no. But I, I just, I can't. I just I'm struggling to blame her. Again. A bit more he could have done because it's it's like he's. It looks in from replay. I mean, replays are sometimes damning, right? Yeah. Like, replays damn because if, I had, if I'd never seen a replay of this goal, I would 100% say that is poor from Wildsmith. Yeah. But looking but back... But then just before the... the <laughs> to be, I mean, Urigide's in a weird position before that because what, Tom Lees is belting to get back in position. He shouts at Urigide <laughs> to go push forward... <laughs> Then completely leaves Willock unmarked. So Urugide has to like <laughs> mark Willock, having been told to go push. It's just it's a defensive masterclass um, in in inactivity and pass, passive, you know, passive play. It's rubbish. I'm still tickled by the concept of Tom Lee's belting. <laughs> 
What if I, what would come up if I searched Tom Lee's belting into Giphy? What would come up? Well, speak if we if we give if we're apportioning. Well, I think before maybe before the next goal, it's worth mentioning that either side of the Johansson slash Uragide goal, Rhodes had the ball in the box. He had chances. Um, the sec the first one I thought he did quite well. That was the wind ass sort of cross behind him, and he sort of flicked it over his shoulder. I thought he improvised quite well, and maybe Burner could have had a try to get in at the far post. The second one was just a bad. That was I think that was just before the goal, and then after the goal, he had a really good chance that Burner sort of spuffed a shot through to Rhodes, and it's the sort of thing that Rhodes has sort of built a reputation on scoring. Yeah, for everybody yeah. other than Wednesday, and in a Wednesday shirt, he's done what he did here, which is kind of let it just bounce off his foot and look a bit shocked, like a shocked baby is what he looked after the this chance. <laughs> <laughs> you played peekaboo with Jordan Rhodes, and uh, lo and behold, he's missed the goal again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was heartbreaking. Like, yeah. Uh, there's nothing else I can say about that. I've made some notes. But no. Missing when he should back. Now, okay, this is going to be fun for apportioning blame. Uh, the next goal. Mm, this is going to be fun, isn't it? Number two for Dykes. Yeah. We've got we've got more of that lovely, lovely lack of pressure that we want to apply. And Dykes knew in his heart it was over. <laughs> So this is this is the the guy from the other side of the the centre back trio, Dicky. What a how, very how similar you, sort of cross. How are QPR getting all their defenders in on the goals today? Because when you allow them to walk <laughs> into your half and go, oh, well, there's one of their defenders. Where's the? And just um, pay no attention to them whatsoever. They seem the, to. Where's the same clamour that there was for Chrissy, Chrissy Wilder's uh, overlapping centre-backs? Well, I know. Where are the, the media view. fervently masturbating over Mark Warburton's styles? <laughs> oh, dear. Friction burns from... <laughs> Friction burns as QPR's centre-backs tear Sheffield Wednesday to pieces. But you won't get any friction burns if uh, they're using such product, delicious, excellent products from manscapes.com. <laughs> Use promo code GRAVYBALLS for 20% off and free shipping. <laughs> you can't skip past the adverts if we put the adverts directly in the podcast. <laughs> if it's all an advert. That's not flying. <laughs> so, <sighs> this is a horror show. So Bannon doesn't mm. press Dickie at all. He just watches him. The cross is quite a similar sort of cross, but obviously um, not not quite so formidable. Um, a threat in uh, oh dear, what's his name? Willock this time, but Uragide's more interested in hugging him and getting his arms around him than really challenging him. Say thought. that uh, oh, I could say that Willock made him look like a pillock. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I've got, I've got um, my my notes were ball from another unmarked centre back. Willock sort of necks it up in the air because he didn't get a head on it, did he? It just sort of like bounced off his kind of shoulder and neck. Yeah. Up in the air. Made a, made a big O do a big O deer. Mm. <laughs> if you watch the highlights back, guy. Ozaze looks looks like, it looks a bit like you see the ex- micro expression of, what did he just do there? What happened? Because <laughs> it does kind of come off his back, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. I think he tries to head it but misses. He just looks like he's not good at heading. And he kind of like pinch, pinches it between his ear and his but shoulder the, and it the, squirts up in the air. The very the very forward thinking and using different kinds of body parts for things as well. <laughs> as we'll probably come on to a bit later in the game. But again, okay. So you're still breaking down this JFK, aren't you? Um, kind of. So then again, off. Tom Lees is left about three feet away from Lyndon Dykes watching him head into the goal and then looking around for somebody <laughs> to blame for his own failings. We know that De La Soul put out the classic three feet high and rising. We didn't know that uh, Tom Lees put out three, three feet low and sinking. <laughs> three feet from Dykes and crying. <laughs> And uh, then, and then it's casual, easy as you like, just just popping it over. And again, Wild Smith in the Wild goal Smith. is he's never in any danger of saving the ball. If Eesh. it comes towards a goal at any stage, Wild Smith will have no part in it. He is behind the play when it goes across to the Ozazi um, <laughs> crunch, and then he <laughs> runs to catch up with Dykes and oversells himself so that there's two-thirds of the goal to just nod limply into uh, with Wildsmith sold um, in, in the other third on his own. Just going back to that theme you had of the Rhodes peekaboo and like playing with, <laughs> with babies, do you think that yeah. when Dykes just headed that over, do you think he went boop, boop? It's one of those little headers, isn't it? It's just like yeah. A bit like um, Burner's one, the first goal, was a similar sort of thing. It's just like, okay, the ball's come in. I've, I've got time to kind of like look around, have a cup of tea. Then I'll nod it to the gaping chunk of the goal that nobody's... I mean, I mean, the cameras are very good, but I don't think they probably captured the fact that if you watch it, when Dykes kind of gets up, he brings his um, his finger out and gives a little tap on Tom Lee's schnoz to give a little boot. Boop. Boop. Just awful, awful defending. It's oh, dreadful. Man. Just piss poor. Piss poor. What? So first of all, Erihide's uh, not challenging that at all. No, not really. Well, this is, again, this kind of, unfortunately, I can go into my theme. It fits incredibly well into my narrative, which is Erihide is not challenging for balls at the back. Mm. This is part of parcel of being a defender. Yeah. Like, if he can't do this, then I suggest there are other places on the pitch he looks for you know, extending his footballing career. Or maybe he shouldn't have a footballing career. Like, he, yeah. Really, really upsetting today. The only honestly. goal that he's not partially to blame for is the one that happens when he's not on the pitch. And even then, I'm slightly suspicious that he might have had a hand in it. I mean, I'm less disappointed with Tom Lees because I, unfortunately, I'm kind of accustomed to seeing this from Tom Lees. Afterwards. Don't look at him. I expected him. <laughs> I expected it from him. But you, you, Azazi. He's the reason why there's three of you and not two like everyone else can play. <laughs> You're supposed to be the good one helping him out. Oh, <laughs> we, 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 we made three panic subs. <laughs> Did you think there was a penalty on Palmer? Just, um... What was that? Probably around. That was probably around sixty odd minutes. Did they make a I think, deal of that? I think on again your um, to 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 what did, to talk about Gabidon again. I think he summed it up that it's a foul everywhere else on the pitch, isn't it? 
Yeah. So it should be a penalty, but it's not. You don't see that given very often. I know. I just I didn't want to have I didn't want to have a flash forward to me sitting down here and chatting with you here. You know, as we speak this morning, Canada time, late afternoon. You know, evening in the UK, and just just sound like a downtrodden guy who's just you know just still has to stare at the, his plate of chips that's just drowned in piss in front of him. <laughs> because I just, I feel like I sound so downtrodden, just being so resigned to say, oh, of course it's not a penalty because it's Sheffield Wednesday and because we're we're being whooped away in London, you know? Yeah, and I, th- I think they were slightly lucky with that. I think they were slightly lucky with the Tom Lee's one where the keeper just came out to clear house but missed the ball which normally can you know can often result in a mm. penalty well that's that's um, directly after that as well i think that's the 66 yeah. because that's the that's the great cutting from windass and yes. i think if you want to talk about fortune i think okay i'll be generous Urihide is very very unfortunate with that deflection as is tom wellsworth sheffield wednesday collectively are unfortunate with that situation you know we don't get that same rub of the green from their player deflecting it over the bar very well, you know? I would say the the worst case of the, all of these comes after the subs. Well, let's get on to that. But, I mean, we have the ball, and you said you thought it was harsh that, you know, we had the ball in the net from that corner, and it's ruled out thanks to a foul on the QPR keeper, who I've forgotten his name. When it could have been a, yeah, when it could have been, could have been a pen, really. Mm. I don't think it's a foul when you come and miss. I don't but think it should be given. Uh, let's talk about three of the most drastic substitutions. Desperate stuff for desperate times. <laughs> um, the, I, the substitution equivalent of just sort of throwing your hands in the air and sighing in a big huff. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> so again, I'm super disappointed about the lack of performance. A from Sheffield Wednesday would be from Flashcore because I can't even bring this up. I just want to kind of so Pato Patterson for Kachenga, yeah. Rhodes for Green, and well, Urigidi off for Harris. Well, I actually made a point of writing writing this down. The one I completely missed is I didn't realise at the eighty third minute that Palu Pese came on. Mm, he did Palu Pese. But what I wanted to see. Okay, I'm here now. I'm on the BBC Sport kind of um, match report page. Um, no, no Jack Marriott. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was the real crime from a 5-0 victory was just couldn't shut up Luke, who just went onto the social media and the house talks to just chime off and just continually going every post of positivity and be like, but where was Jack Marriott? <laughs> but is he injured or have we just decided his shit? Like, that's what I'm just curious. Are they going to come out? Izzy Brown was on the bench. As was Matt Penning. I mean, intro, I mean, there's a lot of players who. Should, I mean, I don't know. You just you're rolling the dice of mediocrity. Like if you're doing a triple substitution, it's desperate stuff. Considering Wednesday's, of course, yeah, it's considering Wednesday's situation and and who we've got in the squad. You know what type of player numbers. But I'm almost now looking back and thinking, I wouldn't mind seeing some of these. You know, some well, of the desperate squad options. I thought they did bring some brightness. Those three changes. Mm. I like. They sort like, of brought the moment. I like Green. Let's oh, on. I like Green. I like Chunga. I like Harris. I like all three of them. You know. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, there was some bright moments, and um, I do think this is a hugely pivotal moment, and it, it's the sort of thing that makes you really 
really angry that there's no <laughs> there'll be nothing said about this after the game but like in our where we are in how precarious our, our position is how precarious our season is mm-hmm. the to me seem blatant handball from Kakai in the 73rd minute yes it's the sort of thing that should have him banned for games like <laughs> It's just no. I I can see why the ref didn't see it. I can see why the linesman didn't see it. But we can all see it afterwards. When you're saying banned for games, is that he can't play Monopoly Go with Jordan Rhodes afterwards? Exactly. He's never ever allowed to play with Jordan again because he's not a nice boy. He's a dirty boy and a cheating boy. <laughs> So, like, that was the funny thing. Like, we didn't... There was nothing mentioned at the time. Um, I said, well, how, handball are not noticed. Fantastic. Same, same minute. To be fair, I didn't see it either. And the closest yeah. player to appeal was Kachunga, and he was tasting the pitch at the time, grazing yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, Kachunga made a meal of trying to get that header, but that, I think he, he made was going to get it. He made a meal of grass. And all he needed to touch it was to touch it. But Kakei reaches across his face and punches it out of play. Yeah. That would have been, we make three subs and then we go score a goal. That would have been, the. it would have been a rollicking kind of like, who knows, 15 minutes. It would have been crazy. It would have been even better if there'd be fans. But like, QPR would have been rocked by that. And who knows how the game ends, if that's the case. 3-2, 15 minutes to play. We've got pacey players all the way up the pitch. It's just, it's a frustrating game because obviously 4-1... You really can't argue with the fact that that shows the defending is not good enough. We got 4-1 is a thumping. But when you actually look at the game, we're quite hard done to, I think, to come away at 4-1. I think we were we were participants in a back and forth game. It's just <laughs> we didn't do our we didn't do our finishing when we were the whatever whichever bit we are, back or forth. Let's say we were fourth. When we were fourth, we um were spurning chances and when they pushed us back they took theirs or or we made it or we gave it to them um you know through bad defending bad goalkeeping but that really really angered me because it's the sort of thing it's such an injustice what did they what did they make about it on the on your commentary well i think gabadon fairly like he sort of noticed it then dismissed it kind of thing <laughs> oh he's, he has been quite lucky to be fair there uh, he's got a bit lucky. But no, he cheated. He's done well to get back and he's got a bit of luck on his side, is what he said, I think. Right. He's done well to get back and Superman punched the ball clear. Uh, I mean, that, we did have some bright same... moments. We had some almost moments from there on. I don't have any sort of picked out because, again, this is the nature of this Wednesday team. We either create a chance where we score or we spurn the chance about 10 seconds before it becomes an opportunity to score. We don't do much in between things. We don't really test the keeper. We score or we miss. <laughs> um, I, the only thing I've got left is the the last goal. I don't know about you, Luke. Mm, I just wanted to say, I, do you think... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember who this was. Do you think that's the worst kind of like unnoticed handball that Wednesday have had? In a game, apart from... Do you remember when we played Leeds on telly in the game which Kirkland was attacked? Mm. Becchio. Yes. Becchio. It's the worst... It. <laughs> it's the worst unnoticed handball in a game since since Reach's one against Swansea. 
which was a huge laugh. Maybe this was payback for that. Maybe, maybe. He did. Reach could should have an Oscar for how he just no like didn't react to that at all. Pretended like he'd controlled it with his foot. That was really good. Looking back, that's probably the best moment in the season, isn't it? <laughs> sure, let's just completely scrap the game against Cardiff. Uh, the first half against Luton. Some of those excellent, amazing goals that were scored. And we'll talk about Adam Reach. Put his foot up like he was going to control it. Mistimed it. <laughs> and balled it in the middle of the goal. And then just played on like nothing had happened. I was pretending that but my foot was there. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just I guess other notes the thing that was disappointing me is I've made a note saying we haven't been cavalier or swashbuckling and yet we ship free like yeah. none of this ever felt like it's like oh they've they've gone so far forward to try and get themselves back in this game that they've that's the reason why they've conceded the fourth was a bit of that but yeah the, the other fourth three was the that. fourth definitely was had a moment before that I just I heard the commentator on my feed saying, "And QPR are chasing a fourth goal here," is incredibly depressing to hear. Yeah. And then you know, in the death, that's where they've got the fourth goal. Do you remember uh, one of the things I think I was going to mention before we started recording the podcast while we were just chatting pre-pod? Um, one of the thing I think I was going to get onto saying was, do you remember thinking? Because I didn't. I don't know if I ever felt this a great deal, but I think in afterwards, in retrospect, while we were watching the game, was thinking. Oh, I, I remember there was a time thinking quite happy that Charlie Austin was missing this game. Yes, yes. And then they brought in Landon Dykes, and he's just absolutely mollied us. I mean, for our for for Tom Lee's Charlie Austin's a much better fit. Dykes is is yeah, that's his kryptonite, isn't it? <clears throat> mm. Do you think it's? Um, do you think if if Tom Lee's managed to get do a good job on him and get him in his pocket? then it would be the same as uh, the Spin Doctors album, A Pocket Full of Kryptonite. It would be exactly like that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like to make references to music because it's something that entertains and and moves you. You I am Tom Lees from Sheffield Wednesday, formerly the captain. (laughs) I've got a pocket of kryptonite and nowhere to go. (laughs) Is Tom Lee's just basically John Richardson in your world then, Rich? Yeah, exactly. He's a he's a boring man from Leeds. That's what they always <laughs> He's also the ultimate war- warrior, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, if only he was more worried about Lyndon Dykes, he might have been looked at him once in 90 minutes. That was a great chess from Landon Dykes for their fourth goal. I've got to give him that credit. Mmm. That was a lovely little, uh, you know, where you like twist your body to it, and it's like, mm. yeah, you kind of really get this, really got his uh, left tit through that one. <laughs> Put his left tit through it. Did, da- really did, did Danny Gavadon announce that? <laughs> He's desperate to try and get forward with the quick boys as well, so that he might have a chance to get this uh, half trick. But he was a long way off. <laughs> he nearly got a hat trick on another occasion as well, didn't he? Hmm. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, so they did score a fourth goal, unfortunately, um, which was pushing forward, everybody in their half, Burner being pretty hesitant, um, left a, a gaping hole, and their, um, their 
a combination of their fresh legs and their always quite quick legs in uh, Thomas and, and Willock led to a pretty pretty easy goal for them. As we've talked a lot about QPR, I think it's time for a mini episode, Rich. Okay. Welcome to Hoops Upside Your Head, a mid-table podcast about this mid-table QPR. Today we'll be discussing why some misguided podcast hosts of rival football teams think our stadium sounds like a dog food brand, but it's actually the name after a young local young kid who's uh, tragically a victim of knife crime. Also, remember when we branded ourselves as the Pride of London before Chelsea did? Sounds like the good route of all London clubs is in order, and that is a trip to the courtroom over that one. <laughs> oh, good episode. Another good... Uh, good app. Great app. Oh, can't wait for another episode of Hoops Upside Your Head. <laughs> me, me too. Okay, um... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sort of blown away. But uh, would uh, Millwall have a claim for Pride of London? Seeing as they're the the lions and the flay in the den, you think so? But it just seems to be counterclaim, claim and counterclaim. It could it go on for seems, years. Yeah, I guess so. And then Barnet come out and then like, no, we're the Pride of London. It just <laughs> every every club in London stands up like Spartacus. <laughs> no, I'm the Pride of London. And then Watford stand up and like, you're not even in London. Just <laughs> shut up. And then Bright then even Brighton stand up and say, We're the pride of London. <laughs> and then someone says, Why why did you say why are Brighton the Pride of London? And they're like, Well, we've got a rivalry with Palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're on the same road. It is a rival it is a derby. It is a derby. Isn't it a derby? It is a derby. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favourite episode of Seinfeld where he talked about whether the uh, Brighton Palace game was a derby. <laughs> <laughs> this was a derby! This was a derby! <laughs> oh, um... George Costanza says he enjoys going to Brighton because he gets a lot, you know, people are very, the men are very friendly to him down there. <laughs> the rest writes itself. It does. I think, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Should deal? We, uh, so, uh, so we're going to go villain of the piece. Um, we've also got to go for. I think this it's worth doing honourable mentions as well. I think there's sure. space there. Should we do villain of the piece and then end again on a, on on the vague positive of honourable mentions? Let's do that. Um, villain for me is Zazi Haridi. I'm ha- I think I'm happy to go along with that. But it feels it feels really unfair that Rich and I, uh, you know, two two <laughs> two men approaching middle age to overweight, uh, getting getting this young athletic lad down and give him a kicking. It feels bad to give him a kicking, but unfortunately, I kind of want to go back to that brilliant point you made earlier, which is I think you can also give. I think Tom Lees is very close. I think I. I think with his seniority, Lees has really got to have a, quite a lot of flack as well. Right. But again, you know, I expect it of Tom Lees. I don't expect it of you. Yes, yes. It's interesting. So, um, who scored has given Wildsmith 4.5. Wow. Um, including an error for that second goal, um, an error leading to the goal. Does he have like a red E next to his name, like a scarlet letter? He does have a red E next to his name, like a scarlet, scarlet letter. Um, Urugide's 5.7, which is pretty dreadful. Tom Lee's 6.1, same for Burner. But most of the 
outfield players, aside from Rhodes, are fairly positive scores, which I think probably is how it felt watching it as well. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, of honourable mentions, I, I think for me, probably Reach is the, is the standout, but uh, I think mm. Paul Bannon, Windass, and maybe Palmer as well. Palmer um, was fantastic. Sort of had notably quite positive performances, which seems weird to say, having been utterly spanked for one. I, I think that also, that also, while we talk about players being, you know, players doing the whole um, bloody bloody blah, players being so good and players doing such great crosses, really does make a whole point and a huge mockery of just just how underwhelming Jordan Rhodes was today. Yeah. You know, he's not far off villain of the piece, in a way. Mm. Because I... There was so... There were several times he came back to get the ball and slowed things down and therefore... And then also didn't really bust a gut to get back to where he was supposed to be. He didn't... He had a, a really good chance, at least one really good chance today and didn't really do anything with it. And today, in a way, you know, you look at the fact we had 18 shots to their nine. That's twice as many. We were pretty much neck and neck for possession. The past success rate's the same. The differences today were, one, we didn't take our chances when we made them. And two, we didn't lay a glove on them defensively. And those two, so it's it's those two things that failed rather than the midfield. I think the kind of the creation and possession side of things was all pretty good. Uh, but it was the finishing and the defending that were the real downsides. And uh, I, we could have coped with one of those. If we'd been finishing the chances, we could have coped with the defence being leaky, like a not even a sieve, a colander. There's a much bigger hole. <laughs> uh, and similarly, if we'd managed to stop them scoring, the fact that we were struggling to score mm. doesn't matter as much because you take your one chance or your two chances and you, you win the game. But if you let in four, you know, the best you can hope for is a ridiculously high scoring loss or draw. It's just so far to claw our way back. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's drowning. And they, they hit the uh, bar as well as, or a post in, in that as well. So yeah, uh, not, not a glorious day. It's got to be said, but some positives again to draw out from it. Um, I'm looking forward to Westwood being back in the goal. I, I think undoubtedly he is the better of our three pretty poor goalkeepers. So, yeah, we've got Swansea up next. And then we're thick and fast into Bristol City, both at home. We've got a run of three games at home in a row now. I'd like to feel more confident going into that run of games, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll be surprised. This is a, a team that has surprised us several times and in several ways. Any other thoughts to round things off, Luke? No, I guess just, um, yeah, I don't know. And the, the funny thing is the results-wise, I I could have sworn we were bottom. You know, I've had my... Uh, we were at one point. My villain, my other villain of the piece being Flashcore and their, their leaky server today. Wickham were 1-0 ahead, but then Luton, Luton came back with three goals in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, they lost a man and then uh, laying three. Which, you know, maybe to spare our blushes means that we're not bottom of the league right now. It's hard to 
I have to say it's hard to care about who's bottom of the league. It's really um, not finishing bottom is not a, it's not a great prize to win, <laughs> to my mind anyway. Don't get me wrong, it's better than the Johnson's paint trophy, but it's uh, very much in that sort of tier of rewarding the you know football rewards is not not finishing bottom but still being relegated. Um. <laughs> but still, still the eventual. That's probably about the same as it was before. We're seven points off the off the drop. Yeah, so Huddersfield drew with Rotherham, so that's probably as good as we could have hoped for for two teams down there playing each other. Derby lost, Coventry lost, and Wickham lost. So it does keep... Maybe Birmingham have kind of moved themselves safe now, I think, probably, or, or pretty, you know, they'll, they'll start to feel pretty safe and comfortable. Mm. But within that group that we need to claw back one or, well, realistically, probably two of, it's all pretty nip and tuck. It's just the games that are running out now. Um, but yeah, yeah there we go. Do you often think, oh, like I'm always thinking that, yeah, yeah. Do you think, I think I'm drowning, it's fixing. Matt Bellamy, <laughs> from, he's from the South Coast, isn't he, I think? He is. But yeah, why does he sound like a Northern Club singer? Why does he sound like Vic Reeves? <laughs> Don't get it. It's weird, though, because I mean, you've got, so we're going into this week, so we play our match. We play, you know, the makeup game. This against, is our game in hand, back, isn't it? We play the makeup game. We're going to kiss and make up with Swansea. <laughs> but COVID got us into this mess in the first place. kissing. But then Rotherham have got like Rotherham are playing like twenty-seven. Get, they've got half a season to play. <laughs> We've got a month of Sundays worth of games. So they've got like they've got two games before we then play. So I mean the interesting thing is like looking at the table, I mean, I'm kind of doing this in a slightly kind of academic look at this because, you know, we're pretty resigned to Wednesday getting relegated in the stage. But I think the interesting thing is to think that, you know, you said Birmingham are, you know, thinking that they could be well pulling away. Mm. But then there's nine points between them and Rotherham, and Rotherham have four games in hand. Yeah. And Rotherham have a much better goal difference. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we may well be a, a solid, heavy, linebacking crab in this bucket, but who knows what other crabs we will pull into this bucket with. <laughs> well, I'm, I almost don't... I'm almost not... I think, like, if Rotherham do anything like pull their weight in those games, they should be in that bracket with Birmingham and Blackburn sort of feeling fairly comfortable. Mm. Um, which again, not safe, but 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 like on the cusp of safety. But that's where I'm sort of talking about. Really, it's realistically we have to get above two of Derby, Coventry, and Huddersfield, and those are the three that haven't moved that much. If Rotherham is still down there, then that's a bonus for us. But I, I, we almost have to like not think. I almost think that Coventry are that second, that are the, the last relegation space and then Derby are the next team after that that's the way I'm kind of in my head thinking about it when I look at the table if it wasn't so depressing I'd find it oddly fascinating I'm going to be honest mm. the weird thing is that yes we'll get make our game back to Coventry like there's other teams on 40 yeah Coventry Huddersfield 
Luton, QPR, Bournemouth, Swansea, Brentford. Because they—they're well, not that's making the thing. their game up this week, are they? No, because they're they're out a game from from Chiboy Chiboy Rotherham. Chiboy. Actually, Coventry are playing. So Coventry are playing Rotherham and Barnsley. So they've got two games this week. They're just playing on the Sunday. So Coventry will be caught up with us. The end of this weekend will be caught up with Coventry at least. Because they've because they've squeezed in a little meeting with Chaboy Rotherham. <laughs> is he an African player, Chaboy Chaboy Rotherham? He is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> so they are playing thirteenth, fifteenth, eighteenth, twenty first, twenty fourth, twenty seventh, first, fourth, and then eighth. That's a lot of games in a short space of time for it us. Is. For old... It is. So playing, they're playing. Yeah, they're playing this week. So with basically in the space of eight days they are playing four games mm. wow yeah They'll, we'll know pretty much where they're where they're up to then won't we i think come sunday after they've played birmingham be, be time be time we chat again <laughs> time we chat again we'll have a much bigger picture won't we ah. much clearer picture and on that note i think i will say cheerio luke and i'll wish everyone the best for week City. City.